Hello, and welcome to this episode of Basically Unafraid. I'm so excited. Today, we have a special guest with us, my cousin Paige, who's kind of like a sister to me. Um, We've obviously known each other our whole lives. (laughs) She is someone I respect and admire so much. Uh, She walks very closely with the Lord, and I just trust her um, judgment and opinion and advice, and she always points me to Jesus, and I'm so excited when I reached out to her about doing a podcast episode, I'm way more v- verbal, I feel like, than she is. I talk a lot more, but um, I'm not sure how excited she was about it. But I was like, give me some ideas of what you want to talk about. And today we're going to talk about the Sabbath and why it is important, um, why that it should matter to Christians and what all of that looks like. So without further ado, let's go, Paige. That was a very kind introduction. Thank you. I mean it. <laughs> um, I am excited to talk about the Sabbath day. Um, this topic in particular has weighed on my heart for years. Um, and so I really am excited to talk about it and um, just to kind of bounce thoughts and ideas and most importantly, go to the word um, to focus on, you know, the meaning of the Sabbath. Why do we have the Sabbath? Is it a commandment? Is it optional? Um, Just good things for Christians to consider, for sure. And my stance would be that church is not optional for the Christian, of course. Um, And I gathered um, a few Bible verses um, because I do think that we shouldn't go off of our opinions or even our preferences, but that we Um, Our convictions should come from the word and what does God say about the Sabbath? And so um, just a few references um, that we can keep in mind as we discuss through this would be uh, Genesis 2, when um, it says, so God blessed the seventh day, which is our Sabbath and made it holy. And Exodus 20, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Um, and then I've got um, Deuteronomy 5. Um, and remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out, out from there by a mighty hand and by the outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And um, when you really, you know, obviously we we were not uh, physically in Egypt, but we were slaves um, to Satan before the Lord and his mercy and kindness pulled us out of the land of Egypt, of um, the darkness. And so I think the Sabbath day, you know, it's, it's one day in seven. And I'll tell my kids this. The Lord is so kind to give us six whole days to be productive, to do our schoolwork, to do, um, to go to our jobs and to get things done and to be proactive. And, um, you know, those things are good things and we should do those things. But, you know, he, he only asked for one day, one day, and even, you know, one hour in most cases. and, you know, it's just good to consider where, where do our affections lie? Like where, 
um, when we really examine our hearts, honestly, um, do I love, really love the Lord Jesus? And if I do, why, why would I not want to keep the Sabbath? Why would I not want to go and worship him? Um, I mean, really our heart's desire should be, why can't every day be the Sabbath day? You know, um, I can't get enough, but, um, I just, um, uh, there's so many different, um, things too with, um, church being online. Um, you know, should we be physically in worship? And, um, I think that scripture is clear that we should gather together. Um, I, and, you know, Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25, it says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, we should gather together. We need that accountability. Um, we need elders to um, kindly shepherd our souls and um, we need the encouragement. We, we should long to worship on the Lord's day. And um, I wanted to share this quote about that. Um, it's Michelle Leslie. I do not know her personally, so I, I can't vouch for anything else that she teaches, but I loved this quote by her and I've had it saved for a while in my phone, but it, she says, it is impossible to quote, attend church online. The church is by definition, a physical gathering together of the body of Christ. No gathering, no church. When you watch a live stream, you're not attending church. You're watching other people attend church. And I loved that last line. You're, you're watching other people attend church. You're not actually attending church. Now I, I do want to say this. Um, I, I think it is a good tool to have it online because I have often had to use it when, you know, I'm sick or the kids are sick and we have to stay home from worship. You know, my church does offer the option to watch it online and we take full advantage of that. You know, I do the the screen mirroring with my phone. We set it up in the TV. We, we get our Bibles. We sit on the couch just as if we were sitting in the pew. So in those kind of cases, um, you know, it is very beneficial to have that option, but it, it should not replace, um, physically gathering, um, on the Lord's day. Yeah. I love that you brought that up and I, I do totally agree. I think that, um, the online church situation is one of the blessings that came from the pandemic. Cause obviously, I mean, it changed everything and a lot more churches who maybe didn't offer virtual options before most of them do now, even if it is just, you know, going back and on their Facebook page and rewatching the live or whatever, that's what we do. Like if there's a reason that we have to miss church or whatever, we can um, hop on Facebook and watch it. And I am thankful for that. And obviously, yeah, when you're sick or you're, you know, for whatever reason, um, mm -hmm. I think the point that you and I wanted to, or the main point that we wanted to address here was kind of like, what are we worshiping? Are we just feeling like um, meeting together? For me, it's community too. Like you said, like we need 
that leadership. We need pastors and elders in our lives. Like, I mean, that is what God calls them to do is to shepherd the flock, you know, Um, and we need that in our lives. But also we need community. We need to carry each other's burdens and mourn with one another when we're hurting and celebrate with one another when we're happy. Like, obviously, we're going to be worshiping God and just in all of him in heaven, but we're going to be there with other believers. So why would we always just be okay worshiping in isolation on earth. Does that yes. make sense? Like, yes, I, um, I'm thankful for the virtual option and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I do not. I think that it's dangerous when we think that that is a replacement or that we think that that is um, good enough because another issue is part of the duty of the church is to serve one another and you're not serving anyone and I mean this in love, you're not Mm -hmm. serving anyone when you're watching online or when, you know, that's all that you do. Right. Um, So, no, I think those are really good points. I know I've read a few things from Michelle Leslie, and um, I like a lot of what she says. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. That's the the only thing I've ever really, um, the only quote I've ever heard from her. So I was a little nervous, but I'd, (laughs) I really agreed with what she said. I loved what she said. And, She's got um, a lot. I, Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, um, you know, I, I think that worship um, is a generational thing. I think that, you know, a family who um, who only goes to church when it's convenient or um, on holidays, you know, the crowds that show up on Easter, Easter and Mother's um, and Day. Then, <laughs> yes. And then you never see them again. You know, yeah. uh, what is that teaching to their children? You know, that their children are not going to have those convictions and just think it can so easily just spiral until you get a generation who is just completely unchurched. Um, you know, I've tried to instill this in my children since they were babies. Um, we we go to church on the Lord's Day, and they have always known that. And I'm telling you, even when they were two and three, I, if we weren't getting dressed on a Sunday morning, they would ask me, like, what what's wrong? What's going on? Like, they would, I'm telling you, they would know. They've always known that. I mean, it has happened before when we've not been able to go um, for a sickness or anything like that. But when they were so little and... Um, I, you know, this is even making me just think about um, different priorities that we have. You know, um, there are so many people that will move mountains to be at a football game or a basketball game, rain, snow, (laughs) you know, it doesn't matter. And they will do whatever it takes to be there. And and they'll enjoy you it know, and celebrate it. And, <laughs> yes. And, and and just be so happy there. And, and you know, the Lord just asked for one one day. And yeah. I, it's just, it's so sad to me um, that we have families that refuse to miss a basketball game, um, but that will not take their family to church. And, um, and I'm speaking of the ones that profess to be Christians, you know. Oh, um, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, sure, a, because a non-believer has no desire to go to church because they're not right, and they're you, not a believer. <laughs> exactly, and I can't. Um, I no, I love that you brought that up too because this 
I, I couldn't think of the statistic, but I just Googled this really quick because I've seen this floating around multiple times, the statistics of um, churched and unchurched children and what that looks like 20 and 30 years down the road. So I just found this online. It says Promise Keepers and Baptist Press collected data showing that showing that if a father does not go to church, even if his wife does, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. If a father does go regularly, regardless of what the mother does, between two thirds and three quarters of their children will attend as adults. And that's wow. a whole nother podcast episode right there about yes. <laughs> yep. fathers and mothers and our roles and all that kind of stuff. But, but what you said about the generational thing, yeah. Like what are we teaching our children? Are we teaching our children that church is just casual and we go when it's convenient or are we teaching them that as believers, we are called to do life as a body to worship God together. And, um, to minister to one another. I mean, that is ultimately what you do at church. You know, it, it is all worship. Um, I mean, going to the, I'm not hating on football, you know, <laughs> we love college football at my house, but like, um, going, like you said, like going to a football and sitting in the snow or the hundred degree weather and celebrating it, that is worship that yes. like we, we are by nature worshipers and we're either going to worship God or other things. Um, yes. And so I think that it's important for us to e- evaluate our priorities. It, like if you're convicted about this, go talk to God about it, you know, go talk to, you can message me if you want to, but I'm not, I'm not the Holy Spirit. Like I'm, I'm not to um, convict or condemn you or anything like that. But just if you're feeling some type of way with this topic, cause it can be a touchy topic. And then you have, we haven't even addressed this yet, but then you have the people who, um, who have to work on a Sunday. Like, I mean, when I was nursing at the hospital, I worked every other weekend, you know, and then mm-hmm. there's some nurses that do work every weekend. So obviously there are extreme circumstances to where it's not like a normal yes. thing. And I don't think that's not what we're, or I don't think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people who just choose to have Sunday fun day at the lake and forget about meeting in the Lord's house. Yes. Um, I think, um, and you can you do know, both, working. <laughs> yeah, yes. Meeting on a sun or uh, working on a Sunday. Um, you know, we even have um, an elder that um, has to work on some Sundays, depending on when his, his schedule changes up. You know, and and he hates it. And um, but it's just that would you know definitely fall under a means of necessity. You know, um, right here is a man who has to provide for his family. And in order to do that, he must go to work. And that's definitely a means of necessity. So I would not say that he is sinning by um, not attending worship in in that way. But, um, you know, something to, um, to think about is finding a church home for those that don't um, have a solid church or not sure where to go. Um, I think in those cases, you know, we have, we have to know the word ourselves. We have to spend time in the word so that we can discern truth from a lie. Um, because we live in the South where we live in the Bible Belt. You know, there's a church on almost every corner, and a church in a dialysis clinic. <laughs> yeah, yes, and not all churches are created equal. Okay, um, you have to be very discerning and careful when it comes to finding a solid church. And 
um, you have to look at things, you know, their order of worship is worship done in a God honoring way. Um, You know, you have to be very careful with the seeker friendly, you know, tickle your ears kind of churches. Um, Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I want to tell this quick story um, about, you know, our pastor said this in a sermon one time about there was a war hero who, um, you know, came home from war. They were celebrating his homecoming and they brought in the finest champagne and they had caviar and a grand piano and all these things um, for him. And he was disappointed. And um, it was the party that was supposed to honor him and celebrate him was um, was actually doing the opposite. It, he didn't like anything. Instead of champagne, he preferred bush light in the can. Instead of caviar, he preferred just barbecue. He didn't want a grand piano. He just wanted a banjo, you know, and it pleased everyone else. And um, it it just was not anything that pleased him that he was interested in. And in that same way, I think we must be mindful to attend churches that worship God in a way that is pleasing to him. Um, you know, is there order in the liturgy of worship? You know, God is a God of order is, is it adding to or taking away from what is prescribed and the keyword is prescribed in scripture on how God desires to be worshiped. Um, you know, those are all things that we should be considering when we're in worship. Oh, sure. yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, again, you know, we live in a day and age where it, we we have just a wealth of information and just ignorance at our fingertips with the Internet. And, you know, the, the shareable, clickable, likable things, excuse me, <clears throat> are the little... <clears throat> excuse me, the shareable, clickable, likable things are the little memes or whatever that say, you know, I don't have to be in a church building to worship God. I can worship him in my car at 2 a.m. singing to the top of my lungs and I can worship him in a boat at the lake and I can worship Mm -hmm. him here and there and everywhere. Well, yeah, I mean, God is everywhere. And yes, you can worship him everywhere. And that's, I mean, it's apples to oranges. Like, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that we are called as Christians to come together and worship the Lord. And um, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it is a piece of obedience. You know, are we being Mm -hmm. obedient to what he calls us or are we being self-serving and doing what is convenient to us? Um, And again, but I do want to hit on this because we experienced this a few years ago and it was very eye-opening. Like you said, we do live in the Bible Belt. There's churches everywhere. You can throw a rock and hit 10. And a few, maybe five years ago now, um, we were looking for a church home and honestly, it was, it was depressing and we weren't even, we weren't even, I would say like super mature in our faith or anything, but we just knew like God was calling us to, to church, you know, and to himself and all of that. And so find a new church home. And so we visited, it feels like we visited 20 churches around here. I know it wasn't that many. Um, Realistically, it was probably eight or nine. And I mean this with the most love that I can say, because I love a lot of people that go to a lot of the churches that we went to. Um, 
besides the church that we ended up at, our current church, there was only one other church that really actually preached the Bible. Um, a lot of the other places that we visited were like what you were talking about. You know, it's very um, seeker-friendly worship mm-hmm. service and and not even just the worship. Like, it, this is not an argument over what kind of songs can we sing at church. Like, just the environment and the message, like... <laughs> You know, yes. if the pastor is preaching feel good preaching, where there are so many names we could throw under the bus, but oh, yeah. uh, if they're preaching um, a gospel that is like have more faith and your life will be great, or I mean, all of it is self serving, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Versus, and it's for a quick experience that is so fleeting by the time you get to the parking lot. It has left. I mean, you, you can't even make um, it to Cracker Barrel before you're over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and I know you can say this from experience too, but as a Christian, when you are starving for the Word, once you finally start to hear preaching in context, rightly divided. This is our plug for expository. I was just about to say this yes, is our plug for expository first, preaching. Yes, which means. <laughs> book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're ruined after that. You, you are, will, you will detest yep. the read one verse and put your Bible away while I tell you stories for 45 minutes. Nonsense. I mean, three sir, points in a poem, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Give me God's word or sit down. Like, you know, Damn. I mean, really it, it, it just stirs you up and it really does. And it matures your faith like nothing else. Like, I mean, I've been a Christian for, I don't even know, I don't even know how long now, but over 20 years for sure. And it hasn't been until the past like three or four years um, that I've really just truly understood the whole like context matters thing, because this is also something I think we get caught up in is seeing all the things online. And I will, this will be the hill I down. Like people... <laughs> You can say anything you want to, and you can cherry pick a Bible verse out of scripture and slap it to it and claim that that supports your idea or your feeling or whatever, and call that biblical because you attached a Bible verse to it. Um, And until, and I'm not saying that I always do this perfectly. I'm not saying I have arrived or anything like that. I am saying I'm humbled by the fact that God has graciously given me a desire to go deeper in his word and to ask him for wisdom and discernment and to help me understand context of what, okay, what is scripture actually saying? Because newsflash, the Bible, scripture is not about me. And we are taught to read the Bible to say, oh, well, how does this make me feel? Or what does this say about who I am or what I should do? Or the list goes on and on. The Bible is God's word. It is made to honor and glorify and worship him just like we are. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up. Like we, we want to go to church to fill our cup. We want to, um, you know, (laughs) sing the songs and have the experience and yeah, Mm -hmm. and feel good. And that, that's just not what it is. We are broken people in living in a fallen world and we need a savior. And Jesus is that savior and going to church and like, I mean, we're just like beating a dead horse, but (laughs) doing life with the body of believers and actually being taught deep, meaningful, the meat, not just the milk, 
you know Mm -hmm. um and in context you're right it does wreck you because you you can never go back and i know fully we are in a sound biblical church and it is one of the best gifts that god has ever given me individually and in our marriage it has changed so many things we've Mm -hmm. learned so much and grown so much and i'm so thankful for it and i do understand not everybody has a church like that five minutes up the road from their house like it, it is a gift and I genuinely thank God for it all the time. Um, so this yeah. is something I wanted to hit on too. Like, so what kind of encouragement would you have for someone who maybe doesn't have that, um, who either doesn't know how to find a solid church local to them, um, or maybe the closest solid Bible believing and preaching church to them is like two hours from their house. What would you say to that? Um, so I would say, um, as tempting as it would be, uh, do not settle for an online thing every week. Um, you know, we go to extreme lengths for all these other things. You know, we mentioned sports and things like that. And, um, church should be such a priority that we are willing to be inconvenienced and i know it's a lot when you especially with small children um when you have to get up you know my church is a few miles down the road and i i just i can't imagine the poor people that do have to drive so far you know we have um we have a young couple at our church and i mean young they're in their early 20s um and they live an hour away and they they're fairly new. They started coming a few months ago. Um, they are so faithful. Um, they were starving. They were mm-hmm. starving for over a year. And, you know, kind of your situation, they went to every church in their area and they could not find one that fed them the way that they were, you know, s- just starving for. And so when they came to our church, they immediately were like, we are sold (laughs) like this is what we've been starving for you know so we want to join um you know all these things and and they drive one hour not just for morning service they come back for evening service they are there every wednesday night every ladies um group thing that we have available she gets up and she drives an hour to be there even if it's for an hour bible study um, you know, and their faithfulness, especially being, I mean, he's 20 and she's 24. They just had, I'll tell you this. They just had their second baby in the middle of the night, Sunday night. Okay. So early hours of Monday morning, they were in worship on Wednesday evening. Now I know Wednesday is not the Sabbath day. That's the whole, I'm not saying that, but I, I'm just, this is how faithful they are. Yeah. Um, they're just that hungry. And what a blessing yes. that they found it. You oh know? my goodness. Yes. And I have told her when they first started, I'm like, you, y'all have encouraged me so much. Cause you know, sometimes, you know, even in my mid thirties, I, I look at this younger generation and I'm like, Oh Lord, there's no hope. You know, like, it's just so discouraging. I feel like my granny. <laughs> yes, I know. I feel so old. But when you see these young couples taking their small children to, you know, newborn babies to church, um, it's just so encouraging. And so I, I would say, I know it's hard 
but I would say make the drive and the Lord will bless you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he will richly bless you for your faithfulness. And, um, you know, it just, it is sad. It's really sad to me to see, you know, professing Christians who live, you know, two or three miles away from a solid biblical church, never darken the doors and they are content and they are just so sure that they are going to heaven. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that's a whole different topic, but um, there's so many, (laughs) so many other episodes we have after this. I'm sure. I know. I feel like we could have really broken this down. I could do a whole episode just on the online topic or the, just the sports topic, you know, I'm serious, but um, you know, it just reminds me, there's a quote by Charles Spurgeon and he says, faith that never gets you to church probably won't get you to heaven. Mm. And, you know, that seems kind of radical, you know, especially in our day. But when you really think about what, what is heaven going to be like? What will we be doing in heaven? Heaven, And we'll be worshiping the Lord, being in the presence of the Lord in worship. And we will be happier than we have ever known, you know, and if you have no desire to do that for one hour of one day of the week here on earth, what really, what makes you think that, you know, you will do this, get to do this in heaven? Uh, It's just really thought provoking questions. And um, I don't know, I just, I would definitely encourage you to get your family to church um at any expense at any cost for sure yeah absolutely um yeah i know we have to wrap this up soon but i i love that i love that encouragement and i do i mean genuinely and i'm saying all of this out of love like there's people that i know and love in our life that i've thought of as we talk about these things and i hope my intention is never to hurt or shame or condemn or whatever anyone um, in anything that we talk about, and I'm not always saying that I'm right, again, disclaimer, yes. <laughs> I'm a human, um, but just if if you feel led by the Holy Spirit or if you're convicted or whatever, thinking about these things, I just encourage you to dig a little deeper, like ask those questions and go to scripture, go to God, even if this is a whole nother episode we could have, but a love for his word. Like if you don't have a desire for his word, same thing, like ask God to soften your heart and to give you that desire and to help you. Um, you know, it's, I don't even know who said this, but somebody said um, it when you don't feel like praying, pray until you feel like it kind of thing. Um, yes, and I, I get that. Like, and I love that. And I think the same thing with church, you know, it's awkward. Like some of us, good gracious at the social anxiety that people have these days. That's a whole nother thing. When you talk yes. About. And I do sympathize with with that because that is very real you know yeah and and yeah like that's the whole point I think that we should talk about these things sorry if you just heard my dog (laughs) but I think that we should just be able to talk about these things and to encourage one another to go to God and go to scripture and just shut out the noise of the conveniences and the um complacent Christians online I guess and just Mm -hmm. go to God and yeah ask him to search your heart and to reveal things to you so um, thank you so much for this page. I'm so excited. We have a hundred more topics now. So <laughs> I 
I hope y'all like us. This is part one of 307. (laughs) Yeah, stay tuned. (laughs) All right. Well, I love y'all. I will see y'all next week. Tune in next time.